I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. That's right. What do we got coming at us today? We have a very, 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 very special guest, Mr. Steve Wilson. What's going on, Steve? Hey, great to be here, fellas. Great to have you. Yeah, back uh, we, in St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. Steve Wilson, um, saxophone royalty in the house today. We're excited to have you. We just finished up recording your new course, um, Jazz Saxophone Fundamentals. And look, we put the name out there, so that's it. <laughs> if there was any uncertainty before, that's all got to be gone now. That's right. It's just since known now. That's right. But we thought it'd be fun to have you on the You'll Hear podcast and talk about um, your seven. Like we were telling you, we love to talk about, we, we're all about the sevens. We're all about the lucky sevens. Right. Um, but uh, we asked you for your seven, sele- we're going to call them seven selected saxophones because there's a lot of S's in that. Like snaky, <laughs> snaky saxophone and all Steve, that. Steve seven, Steve's seven right. selected saxophones. Yeah. Um, and a- as we were talking, you said that, that uh, these are not your favorite or the best or whatever. These are your selected. So I think this is a great list you have. And uh, if you'd like, maybe just go ahead and kick it off with number one. Yeah, well, there are seven of my favorites for sure. Uh, Johnny Hodges, well, I will say unequivocally, is, is the favorite, my favorite saxophonist. Uh, I got hip to Johnny Hodges uh, my first year in college. Mm. And uh, I was very lucky because um, our director and my mentor, uh, Doug Richards, turned us on to the music of Duke Ellington. And we were playing a lot of those uh, charts from like the 1930s, Daybreak Express, uh, The Mooch, mm. East St. Louis, Tootaloo, uh, a lot of the older stuff, along with a piece, an extended piece he had called A Tattooed Bride. Mm. Um, oh, you went to one of those hip schools. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was very hip. It was really hip. And, uh, man, that was a, a, a just, it, it changed my life. It changed my saxophone life. Johnny mm. uh, Hodges, to me, is one of the most brilliant, saxophonist ever. I mean, we forget how much of a virtuosic player he was mm-hmm. um, before he gave up soprano uh, in the, in the mid-1940s. But, uh, you know, his earliest stuff in the 20s and 30s, man, his stuff was as virtuosic as anybody. And uh, right now, uh, I'm, I had the good fortune, I'm reading his biography, which hasn't, haven't been, hasn't been released yet, but mm-hmm. uh, the author called me a few months ago and sent me a manuscript. And uh, so I'm learning, you know, so much we didn't know about Hodges and, and his whole history. And early on, man, he had it. I mean, he was destined for greatness. So, uh, very and a very interesting character. Right. Uh, but to and just one of the best sounds that ever came out of the saxophone. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. You know, uh, and. and you can't find a saxophonist that doesn't love Johnny Hodges. You know? Yeah, or yeah. a musician, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I've been talking with a few uh, classical saxophonists, and mm. they said, "Man, Hodges is one of the tops." You know, so nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay, we started out. We started it out right here, then. Well, I like that we started out kind of hedging, being like, "Now these aren't his favorites." <laughs> yeah. right. Steve right. goes right in with like, he's "This like, is oh yeah, this awesome. is my <laughs> yeah, he's the cat. He's my cat." Now, is is Hodges? I know we got a bunch more to go to, but I'm just thinking about. I'm really interested to read the biography. Um, I don't mean you know, if you get a chance to slip me an extra <laughs> yeah. underground copy. It's all good. Gotcha. No, but he's Johnny Hodges is somebody that I've uh, whenever I've listened to. I don't know a lot about his life, but he has such a personality. Well, he has such a great technique and sound that yeah. it feels like his personality came out of his horn and it's almost like you feel like you know him and I'm wondering yeah, yeah. does his life biography kind of follow the way he sounds well, that's interesting man because uh, not really mm-hmm. you know um, I mean he, they called him among his many nicknames Stoneface 
you know, because you never knew what he was thinking, you know. And if you look at videos of him uh, playing, you know, with Duke and playing those beautiful pieces like Isfahan, mm. and you hear, if you were to close your eyes and you hear this beautiful sound coming out, you know, you, I mean, and then you see the image, and then you see a guy, man, he's basically expressionless, sometimes playing out the side of his mouth, looking mm. around, you know, <laughs> like almost disengaged. You're like, what? You know, but, but, uh, but yeah, I think he, he, he was, I don't know, I think he just played, he, he wasn't uh, very open to a lot of people. Mm. Um, so he kind of played it close to the vest. Um, okay. But he, he, you know, managed to, to create this beautiful sound. I mean, and he, he really had a high, very high standard, mm -hmm. you know, that's for sure. Yep. So, uh, but interesting character, mm. yeah. Great, good stuff. I have a feeling a lot of players on this list had a pretty high standard, judging by. I think so. What I we're about so. to, we're yeah. about to go. What's our, what's our number two? Yeah, the great Joe Hen, Joe Henderson. Yes. Yeah, and I had the good fortune of playing with Joe a few times. And, uh, I wouldn't say that I got to know him. <laughs> I don't know how many people really got he's to know him. He's another one that kept, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. kept it close <laughs> to the vest. Yeah. own face, too. Yeah, they didn't call him the Phantom for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, my first encounter with Joe uh, happened uh, actually before I moved to New York. Um, and uh, a local drummer in Virginia by the name of Jay Sennett uh, used to bring in a lot of guest artists. Jay, um, he would put a band together and bring in guest artists and would have me on the gig sometimes. And Joe was one of those artists, so that was the first time I crossed paths with him. Then, not long after I moved to New York, I was on Kevin Hayes' first record date, and he had Joe, Joe and I were the horn players. Mm. And uh, got to, like, again, didn't get to know him a bit, but, <laughs> but got to hang and talk with him a bit. Yeah. And then a couple of years after that, uh, I was on the record uh, with Rini Rosnes. She did a record for Blue Note, and again, Joe and I were on that date. And uh, we actually ended up playing, uh, I think, a live, uh, a live date at the Blue Note mm. uh, during the record release. And then uh, uh, I got to play on his big band record mm, uh, that right. he did for oh, Verve. Yeah. That's was, a great record. Yeah, it is. is a great record. Yeah. And uh, what a lot of people don't know about that is Joe and Kenny Dorm had a, had a rehearsal band in the 60s, a rehearsal big band that Joe wrote a lot of the charts for, as well as Kenny. And that band never got recorded. Mm. Uh, so a lot of the charts that were done on this record, I mean, were not done from their writing. But uh, actually, Slide Hampton wrote some stuff, and uh, I think Mike Moss and a couple of other, uh, Bob Belden. Okay. Uh, I think there was one or two charts from Joe or Kenny that was on, that was on the record. I can't remember which tune. But uh, it's a great, great recording, man. And, yeah. And... Uh, it gives you another side of Joe's music, yeah. you know. Yeah, and also, well, just so you know, our you'll hear it audience is actually super hip and advanced, so they probably do know about the Joe Henderson Kenny Dorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, probably <laughs> Any other that. podcast, <laughs> probably not. But I'm just put it out there. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. All right, number three, who you got? Uh, well, Sonny Rollins. Ooh. And, um, you're coming strong and yes. you're standing <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, when do we get to the scrubs? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Ain't no scrubs on this list. No, Sonny, to me, um, Sonny, along with Louis Armstrong, in my estimation, were the two greatest pure improvisers mm. we've ever had in his music. And what I mean by that is that, and particularly in the case of Sonny Rollins, is that um, you cannot pare down any of what Sonny played to a Sonny Rollins lick. To me, there's no such thing as a Sonny Rollins lick. There is a Sonny Rollins sound, there's a Sonny Rollins approach. You know Sonny when you hear him. Uh, 
you can dial up a, a you know one of a thousand quotes that he always played, you know. But unlike say Charlie Parker that developed a given language, mm. and other players that kind of did that, Sonny was just always so in the moment, in the second of what was happening. It's so spontaneous. You never knew what he was going to do, and he was so rhythmic, and he had a lot of humor in his playing. Um, it, it just, um, I mean, and like, and like Armstrong, you know, they had such an amazing sense of time and time feel. All this stuff we talk about these days about playing over the bar line. Mm. You know, Louis Armstrong was doing that in the 1920s. And the Sonny Rollins, you know, what he did with rhythm and then harmony and taking it out. And, of course, when he was doing his Ornette influence period, mm-hmm. you know, when he had the band with Don Cherry and Billy Higgins. Um, I mean, man, he covered so much ground musically. Um, but you can never put him in a box and say, oh, yeah, this Sonny Rollins lick, you know, one of his 100 licks. No, there was no such thing. Right. Um, but yet you know it when you hear it. Right. You know? So uh, I, I just think his, his importance can't be overstated. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Good. All right, number four. Well, the great Phil Woods and uh, another gentleman that I admired for many years before I got to meet him and, and play with him a couple of times. Um, of course, like many of us of our age, I got hip to Phil Woods through the Billy Joel song, you know, mm-hmm. Just the Way You Are. And I think I was in high school when that song came out. And I went, man, who was that saxophone player? And my high school band director said, oh, you don't know Phil Woods? Let me tell you about <laughs> Phil Woods. And he turned me on to Live at the Showboat. And I said, Jesus Christ, this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> and, uh, and I was really into a Phil Woods thing for a while, bought a couple of his records. And, um, and then ultimately I got to play with him a few years ago. And I tell this quick anecdote. Um, uh, a few years ago I was playing at the 92Y series uh, mm, with Bill yeah. Charlap in New York, which he does every summer. And uh, he put one of the saxophone bands together with Phil and myself and Jimmy Green and Harry Allen and, and Jimmy Heath. I mean, boy, what a band. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were playing some of the Benny Carter charts. Yeah, but who was on piano? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you guys weren't there, man, so don't count. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but I remember, now Phil, you know, keep in mind, Phil had emphysema mm-hmm. at this time, and so he had to walk around with oxygen tank. Mm-hmm. And here's this 75-year-old cat, you know, with an oxygen tank, and he's playing lead alto, and and man, his sound was still huge. He always had a huge sound, but even with this emphysema, his sound man, I couldn't even hear myself playing beside him. It was <laughs> wow. Jesus, <laughs> and uh, and I remember we were playing one of those charts, and I went off stage, and my back locked up. I'm like, oh my God, you know, my back locked up, man. And so at the end of the night, I went to get in a taxi. I couldn't even get in a taxi. Because my back had just like, you know, so like someone twisted a towel. Mm. And someone had to help me in a taxi. And I got home and I'm like, man, what in the world happened? What's going on? And then I, and I knew, and then I figured it out. On one of those tunes, I was exerting myself so hard to try to hear <laughs> myself playing with, because Phil was playing beside me, that my back went into crazy spasms. Oh. Fortunately, my, my uh, acupuncturist lived across the street from me, so the next day he hooked me up. Oh, and yeah. I said, man, Phil Woods did this to me, man. I said, oh, well, man. what a rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, I've seen this before, Phil Woods effect. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. And then, I got, and then I got to tell him that about a year later. He said, yeah, that's right, kid. You got to come with sound, kid. Right, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, baby, gotta come with that sound. Yeah, baby. But he was great, man. He was, you know, Phil, Phil didn't, he didn't suffer any fools, but he was always very kind and supportive to me. Nice. And I really appreciate that because uh, he was, to me, a craftsman's craftsman. Mm-hmm. All of those records he did as a lead alto player, you know, with the sessions with uh, uh, Oliver Nelson and all the studio stuff, and then being one of the, just a, one of the greatest saxophone players ever. Great. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we're moving on now. What are we at, number five? <clears throat> We're, yeah. moving, we're moving through this list yeah. so nicely. <clears throat> Julian Cannonball Adderley. Nice. Well, he was one of my early inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see him live when I was very young before I started playing saxophone. And my father bought the uh, Country Preacher record. Yeah. And man, I used to play that record to death. Yeah, yeah. You know, and still do. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I saw him live, man, he just had such an aura about him. Mm-hmm. You know, the sound that came out and the energy. And I just said, yeah, man, I want to do that, you know, seeing him live. And, um, and of course, you know, now, and then learning about his legacy and yeah. learning about his whole history and how important he was and then checking out the recordings of Miles and his own quintets. Um, I mean, you know, we all love Cannonball. Yeah. So, you know. Now, it's interesting so far, we can just take a quick breather because we're between five and six. This is like the, the yeah. fifth inning stretch, you know. <laughs> right, right. But um, you're, let's see, you're kind of... <clears throat> pretty closely um, straddling between altos and tenors. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, is there any, I mean, of course, you're known as an alto saxophonist and soprano, um, but can play all the saxophonists. But do you look at, you know, I mean, I, I think especially about like Cannonball and Johnny Hodge is kind of the prototypical alto saxophonists. Right, right. Um, do you look, I mean, in putting together a list like this, is it just all saxophone or do you think about them as tenor players or alto players? No, it's just who they are. I mean, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I originally wanted to be a tenor player. For a long time, I wanted to be a tenor saxophone player. And it really wasn't until, I think, my uh, uh, sophomore, junior year in college uh, when I got to be lead alto in the big band that I really commit to being an alto player. Uh, once you got that lead alto That's money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play those middle voices. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my first year in school, I, I, was, I was an oboe major. Mm. And then I got in a big band by playing baritone because, you know, I was low guy in the totem pole and the saxophone section was killing. And I was just a new kid on the block, but I wanted to be in that band and play with these guys. New kid on the block? You want to be in that band? It's <laughs> a great band, man. Yeah, I want, I want their money. <laughs> Did they have a very player? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but, yeah, I, but, you know, up until that point, I really played more with the tenor concept mm. uh, up until that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, until I got to, was forced to really deal with the alto sound by being lead alto. I was more of a tenor head, but I never owned a tenor saxophone. I mm. always borrowed one. Friends always lent me one, and I played gigs on it, and always played with that concept. I was transcribing tenor players, you know. Um, but it really wasn't until that point that I really felt like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to commit to the alto. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Well, that brings us to number six, to your number six of Steve's selected saxophone uh, masters. And uh, this is a great place from what you're talking about because you talk about different saxophones, different ways of playing the instrument, <laughs> yeah. original approaches. Yeah, well, yeah. Rasan Roland Kirk is a true original in every sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, and another guy that I got to see live when I was very young, it might have been on the same weekend that I saw Cannonball at the mm-hmm. Jazz Festival yeah. in my hometown. But uh, what's, up, I, what's up, Hampton Roads? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Hampton Tidewater, Virginia. Tidewater, what's up? <laughs> right, that's right. And uh, uh, and seeing him live, man, just blew my mind. Mm. 
Uh, because, I mean, as you can see in the video, seeing Rasan is an experience. It's not just about the music. I mean, the energy and, and what he brings to the whole presence of, of being on the stage and the energy of the music. And, mm. and even early on in listening to his music, um, this guy, is a, he was an amazing historian because, uh, you know, he was all about the history of black music. Mm. And he did everything from, uh, you know, music of, of the day, play, you know, playing uh, songs like Burke Bacharach and Dionne Warwick and Motown to playing Fats Waller and talking about Paul Robeson, mm. you know, and, uh, he, and he, of course he could, on a dime, he could play like, you know, Ben Webster, mm -hmm. or Coleman Hawkins, yeah. and then he could play as, as out avant-garde as any of those cats, yeah. but he was a force, man. Yeah. He was a force, just a force of music, beyond category. We'll never see the likes of Rossan again. Right. Not Agreed. ever. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, I think, you know, from a non-saxophonist uh, perspective, I mean, all these players are amazing, but I think Rossan, like, I think about just the power and confidence as a saxophonist, him kind of eclipsing almost any oh, of these people, man. just like the mastery and the power of what, yeah. of what he can say with the instrument. Oh, it's completely. And he, he could play with any of them. Yeah. He could yeah. play with any of them, man, in any right. style or anything. Yeah. And it was all within his wheelhouse. And yet, the whole world was sound to him. The whole world was music. Mm. I've gotten to know his widow, Dorothon, very well. Mm. We've become very good friends over the years. And she, man, she's another force, let me tell you. Yeah, wow. She just retired from WBGO. Mm. Uh, she's 80, uh, what, 85, something like that. Mm. And she is a pistol, man. She's still got vim and vigor and... She's out there doing it, hanging, and you know, nice. um, and uh, so yeah, he he's just really uh, to me the epitome of a true original. Yeah, you know, there was no template for him, and mm -hmm. and he's just a true original man. There's something really inspiring in that freedom, right? You know, we tend to put ourselves in whatever box we want to right. consider ourselves, but but there's room. That's right. right. To, to think outside of those. That's right. Those and, he, and he had no fear. Yeah. No right. fear whatsoever. Put on some sunglasses. Put a couple horns in your mouth. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go to town, man. <laughs> right. If you're hearing it, you'll hear it. That's yeah. right. That's right. I think we got uh, one more left on the list. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. I'm getting sad. I missed Steve already. We're, <laughs> we're coming up on number seven. Yeah. yeah. Well, the great Jerry Dodgen and uh, Jerry has become uh, one of my mentors and one of my musical godfathers over the years. Uh, I had the great fortune of starting to uh, sub in the American Jazz Orchestra uh, around 1989, and Jerry was the lead alto. And it was a repertory band that was led by the great John Lewis, of course. Um, I think uh, uh, Gary Giddens was one of its managers or artistic directors. And it would, you know, play, you know, uh, music of the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And um, Jerry Dodgen was the, one of the kindest people you know, and of course I knew of his work with that Jones and Mel Lewis, and I've I've learned more about playing lead alto uh, from from him than than anyone. Uh, just playing beside him was was an education because Jerry didn't play loud, but he played he had a, a sound that was very present, mm. and he made you listen. But it, he was very easy to play, and he was so professional, man. But but also didn't take himself too seriously. You know, he just made it so easy for you to, to work with him. And he was very supportive and ended up being on gigs where I was playing lead and he was playing second, even though I said, Jerry, please. And he said, no, 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 you play lead, go ahead. And, uh, and I thought, what am I doing? Yeah, wait, so let me get this straight. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry mentored you. He helped you. He, 
He led you with his beautiful uh-huh. sidearm, the and then <laughs> you stole his gig and relegated him to s- get to second alto. <laughs> Steve Wilson's in the house. Wilsonian. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man. What up, but, Jerry? <laughs> well, well, now Jerry is—he's uh, not—he's not playing anymore now, but. Um, but everyone loves him and respects him and yeah. because of what he's brought to the music. And again, an illustrious career. Uh, he and Phil played together a lot, of course. They were mm-hmm. very, very close friends. Uh, did all that work with Oliver Nelson. And, uh, and a quick Jerry Dodgen story. I was subbing in the Vanguard band one night. Uh, this was back in the 90s. And, uh, and Mel, when Mel was still playing drums, and Mel called two of the hardest charts in the book back-to-back, Cherry Juice, which is like one of Thad's charts. It's a, it's a C minor blues, but it's so fast and so hard. And, and another one called Soft Lights and Sweet Music, where the, the whole line is built on this 12-tone row, and the band is tootie so there's, in unison. So there's nowhere to hide, man. And he called those two tunes back to back. And I'll never forget this, man. I was just struggling to get through it. And by the end, and it, it, was, it ended the set. And at the end of the set, when the rest of the band had left the stage, I was just sitting there just stunned, just completely stunned because I was just like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> and Jerry Dodgen, who was in the audience, Jerry came up, came up and he said, he said, yeah, I know, I know that feeling. It's like one of those moments when you go, gee, how did I look? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not how did I sound, how did I look? <laughs> Oh, I never forgot that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but but he's such a beautiful man, a beautiful soul, and I love him to death. And um, I, as I tell him, I take him with me everywhere I go. Wow. Yeah, he's really been such an inspiration. Well, that's great. That's a that's a fantastic list and yeah, a fantastic yeah. place to finish things off. Um, Steve, thanks so much for being here. Uh, we are so much looking forward to uh, fundamentals of jazz saxophone. Your new course. Put a little plug in here. It's being released today. <laughs> it's being released today. That's right. right. Now. It's like we are in the future, Steve. <laughs> this is future Steve, future Adam, and future Pete. Yeah, we've already like, transcribed. Everything. We've transcribed. Yeah, right. Our work is. Good. Yeah. No, this is why I usually put, talk about all the things that it's gonna it, that's gonna have that's gonna cause you no, work. Don't, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, but there's every single note, Come every on, single bro. symbol no, is transcribed. No, no, no. You know, a lot of Steve's notes are transcribed. Um, and Steve, in his in, in inimitable, what is that word? Inimitable, inimitable. Like very high class and high level. His style of playing, and it's it's very and teaching and teaching. Yeah, I mean it's super tactical, but in such a loving way. And I th- I think everyone's gonna really enjoy this because you just lay it out. Yeah, you know. Uh, thank you. Man. And 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 I think you know having had the pleasure to to hang with you and to play with you over the years. And to be, you know, around your illumination of jazz knowledge, I think that this is a great representative. And I'm so glad to to help you kind of share this with the world. And it really is not just for saxophone players. I would say anybody who is, I mean, you do so much great stuff about, you know, phrasing and interpreting melody. And, yeah, you get into some great saxophone stuff. But I think... Um, it's just a it's just a, a a wonderful series of some great performances with you know wonderful rhythm section kind of seeing you in action and then breaking down precisely what you do from you know leader saxophonist standpoint a lot well, of fun stuff well thank you guys for for having me to be a part of this amazing thing that you're doing man this this is really going to set a new template and uh, I'm just really honored to be a part of it I'm happy to share the information that's been shared with me over the years by many great mentors and players and friends and colleagues. 
and uh, just looking forward to your success, man. So thanks, thanks so much. Likewise, cool. likewise. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we've, we're, this, the saxophone, this has been a glaring omission for us. And yeah, yeah. I'm so glad, like, we were just waiting for you, basically. And oh. so it's a great uh, place to start with the saxophone, probably the most important jazz instrument. So the circle's complete now, so uh, thank well, you. Well, I mean, piano. Well, yeah, piano, yeah, of course. Piano, we know yeah, it. Yeah, right. This is actually a piano podcast. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Well, we covered that, so, yeah. Right. Well, thanks right. a lot, guys. Yeah, no, this, this has been really, really fun. You might That's rain you're hearing. It is raining. Yeah, it's, it's raining rain, right really now. Hard. That's a little bonus for the you'll or did Ian, did you turn on a fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, so normally we talk about, well, we can give it a quick one. We, uh, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're always looking for ratings and reviews. You yeah. know, because we don't get paid for this, so <laughs> but they pay us with their ratings and reviews. So we're asking for like five stars, but we're, we're pushing it. Six stars? Is that not possible? Man, I think it's seven, man. Se- well, that's see, seven. that's what I'm talking see, seven, about. Seven is the seven lucky star. number. That's right. Seven seven out of Steve Wilson's mouth. That's right. <laughs> seven stars. Leave us, leave us a rating review. We that's love you right. guys. Selected seven. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and you can also go to youllhearit.com if you want to uh, leave us a question or a comment or give us a lesson suggestion. We're always open to that, as you know. A lesson suggestion? A lesson. What'd you call it's it? It's been a long day, man. <laughs> <laughs> My jaw's tired. Uh, My jaw. TMJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could uh, you could ask us questions. You could just say hello. We have a, an audio uh, a, a way to do that by audio. A way to do that. Sorry, I, that I always trips you up, doesn't it? That's <laughs> okay. It's I've okay. had a lot of coffee too. <laughs> uh, you could you could write your question. Uh, and are we still doing our special here for uh, maybe? No, we we, we're going to start a new special soon. But keep listening. We got a new one coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because we're launching today's Steve Wilson Fundamentals of Jazz Act. So you heard it here first. You'll hear it. Right. Love it.